But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Oh, friend, when this man, the God-man, Jesus Christ, when he enters the scene in the New Testament, things happen. Miracles take place. My message, But This Man. But This Man is an interesting phrase that we find scattered throughout the Scriptures that exalts the Lord Jesus Christ as the very object that casts the shadows of Old Testament Jewish customs and worship. All the sacrifices, offering, and feasts spoke of the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. Join Brother Areza in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 12, for part 4 of the series, Jesus is Better. Every priest standeth daily. His job was never accomplished. He standeth daily, talking about the Old Testament priests, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice which can never take away sin. Friend, it wasn't like that when Jesus offered his sacrifice. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin, sat down on the right hand of God. Why did Jesus sit down? He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God because his offering was the once and for all offering that was needed. The Old Testament sacrifices, the Bible says, can never make the cumbers do there into perfect. It was not able to make them perfect, was not able to bring them uh, redemption like we can experience today. It was simply a covering. But when Jesus offered his life on the cross, it was the forever offering that was needed to provide eternal redemption for anyone willing to put their faith and trust in him for the forgiveness of their sin and the saving of their soul. Hello, this is Evangelist Oliver Areza, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us today. I hope that you've been enjoying these, these several weeks of study from the book of Hebrews. Wonderful, wonderful book. It really does show in so many ways the superiority of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, friend, isn't it amazing? I don't know if you've even ever thought about this, but, you know, you can go to a public building, you can go to a government school, you can go to a political office, or any kind of a public meeting, and you can mention all the so-called gods, you know, that, uh, that people talk about, whether it's a Buddha or whether it's a Muhammad or whether it's Allah or whether it's a Pope or whatever the case may. You just fill in the blank on that one. I'm, I mean, that's, I can't list them all. And uh, really, nobody's offended by it. But when you mention Jesus Christ, then you talking about all hell breaking loose. When you mention Jesus Christ in a public setting, there's just automatically, automatically the thought comes to the human soul that this one is different from all other else. Let's keeping keep him in our organization, or let's toss him out. And friend, Jesus is the Son of God. Well, we have been enjoying this theme here, this man's testimony. That's what we looked at last week, the Son of God, this man's ministry. And we saw last week that Jesus has a ministry to the rich and wealthy. He has a ministry to the poor and the needy. Amen. And we're going to look today, 
once again, we're going to look, oh, let's see here, down to verse number the, 20, the 39th verse of Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter number 20, 23 and verse number 39. And a beautiful, beautiful story here. And we're going to read it. And then we're going to have prayer. Then we're going to enjoy a beautiful special number. Luke chapter 23. And we're going to pick it up in verse number 39. And one of the malefactors which hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in this same condemnation? For we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man, once again, notice those two words, this man. But this man, the Bible says, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And then he goes on to say, and Jesus said unto and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. What a beautiful story. Oh, listen, Jesus has a ministry to the thieves. <laughs> Jesus has a ministry to the criminals. Amen. Jesus has a ministry to the criminals that have been caught. Good night. There are a lot of people that are walking on this uh, walking free in a free society, and they've committed heinous crimes, and they should be behind locked up bars and doors, but they've never been found out. But thank the Lord that he has a ministry to the, uh, to the down and outers. Well, we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to elaborate a little bit more on this. Father, we come now in the precious name of Jesus, and we ask that you'll give us, Lord God, give us help from heaven today. Lord, we're so thankful that we can, we can boast of a risen Savior. We know he's in the world today, convicting, drawing men unto himself. We pray that you'll bless, Lord, the lesson today to our hearts. Lord, may it fall upon fertile ground, and we'll give you all the praise and glory for all the good that's done. We ask it in the precious name of our holy, wonderful Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.
cross, boy, we need to be reminded about the message of the cross. You know, Jesus has a ministry to the down and outers. You look at these thieves on the cross here, and only one of them, really one of them, repented. I mean, they were making, they were making accusations. They were railing against on Christ. And one of the thieves uh, spoke up and said, look, we know that we deserve to be here. But this man hanging between us, he's done nothing amiss. He hasn't done anything wrong. And then that thief on the cross said, said, Lord, would you remember me in paradise? And Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And uh, what a wonderful, wonderful story that is. I was holding a revival meeting down in Alabama. Actually, this happened several years ago. And uh, the preacher took me out to visit a man that he just lived in a shack. I mean, really, it was just like a little old tiny little shack out in the middle of nowhere. And to be honest with you, he was probably involved in bootlegging. I mean, I'm not for sure about it, but everything that was going on there in his little shack and all that looked like it's what he was probably involved in. And you could definitely definitely tell that he had a he had a terrible problem with uh, alcohol. He was just a sorry old drunk. He just needed Jesus. And I remember witnessing to him. That was the reason why the preacher and I went over there, and I had my New Testament in my hand, and and I was explaining to him on why we need to be saved and how we can be saved and what you have to do to be saved. And I presented to him the gospel, and then once I finished, I gave him an invitation. I said, sir, if you'd be willing to put all of your faith and trust in Jesus uh, to save you, he promised that he would. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he just, uh, I, I felt like I knew the struggle, the battle that was going on in his mind. And I remember he said, I I will one day. I want to do it one day. I want to do it one day. I'm planning on doing it. 
Well, his plans were to clean his life up. If he could just kind of get himself a whole lot more presentable, then he would turn his life over to Christ. But friend, that's not the way it works. You see, you got to turn your life over to Christ. You got to come to him for salvation and he's the one that can clean you up. As a matter of fact, I used an illustration. I've used it several times. I said, well, sir, let me ask you a question. I said, uh, and I knew that he was a hunter because there were squirrel pelts and different kind of animal pelts hanging up in his little shack there. And uh, just you could tell he was uh, involved in the outdoor sports, like hunting and fishing. And I said, uh, I can tell you, you like to hunt by looking at these pelts here. But uh, I said, sir, do you like to fish? He said, I love to fish. I said, well, have you ever, have you ever skinned a rabbit before you, uh, before you shot it? He said, don't believe I have. I said, have you ever cleaned a fish before you caught it? <laughs> he said, uh, well, I don't think I have. I don't think anybody has. I said, you're exactly right. You got you to gotta shoot the rabbit first, and then you skin it and uh, prepare a meal with it. I said, you got to catch the fish first, and then once you catch it, then you, you know, you gut it, clean it up, and get your frying pan and your mix ready to go and enjoy some delicious fried fish, but you got to catch it first. And I said, what your problem is, is you want to clean yourself up, and then you want God to catch you. But I said, that's not the way it works with, with salvation. That's not the way it works. You see, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But he has to get in Christ first. He's got to put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He has to see his need of salvation. And friend, Jesus has a ministry to the down and outers. Street folks, folks that are listening to this message, that you've got a terrible drug addiction problem. You've got an anger problem. You've got... Uh, problem with pornography or many, many vices that grab a hold of the souls of men and women today, drugs and alcohol and, and uh, thievery, vandalism. You may want to try to clean yourself up first before you give yourself to God, but that's not the way, that's not the way it happens. You come to God just as you are. And I promise you, he will clean you, he will clean you up better than you could ever, ever imagine cleaning yourself up. He has a ministry to the poor and the down and outers. And then if you're able to, get a hold of your old-fashioned, old-timey King James Version of the Bible. And we're going to go to the book of Mark. We're going to go to the 14th chapter, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Mark chapter number 14. Well, if you know anything about the Gospels, you know that we're getting towards the, uh, in Mark chapter 14, towards the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we come to this 14th chapter of Mark, we're going to skip all the way down to verse number 66. Mark chapter number 14 and uh, verse number 66. Remember, Jesus was already going through the awful things of the the being beat with the cat of nine tails, all the scourging and all of that was going on. And uh, so it was a Jerusalem was in an absolute uproar. 
they said we don't we want to we you give us Barabbas we'll you crucify Jesus and I mean it was just a mob rising up they hated Jesus with a with vengeance they hated him and he never did never did anything wrong all he did was really do went about doing good but they hated him because of his righteousness because he was light and men love darkness rather than light the bible says in mark chapter 14 verse 66 and as peter was beneath in the palace there cometh one of the maids of the high priest i don't think that needs to be explained it's pretty self-explanatory and when she saw peter warming himself in other words he was warming himself over a fire saw himself warming himself she looked upon him and said and thou also was with jesus of nazareth she sees simon peter this backslidden baptist preacher she sees him warming his hands over the devil's fire and she says i know who you are you were one of those disciples that was with Jesus of Nazareth, the one that they're getting ready to crucify, the one that stirred all of this up here in the city of Jerusalem. Yeah, I know who you were. You were one of those men that was with him. Verse number 68. But he denied saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out onto the porch and the cock crew. So he denied the Lord Jesus. He said, woman, I don't even understand what you are talking about. And he left. And a maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, this is one of them. Yeah, all this uproar here in Jerusalem, they're getting ready to crucify Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was with them. In verse 70, he denied it again. And a little after they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. Look, you can't hide it. We know that you were one of those that was with Jesus because you talk like him. He was from Galilee, and you talk like a Galilean. Man, we know, we know what's going on here. You were one of those. Your speech gives it away, you can't even hide it. Look at verse number 71, what a sad verse it is. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went and he thought thereon, and he wept. What a sad chapter in Simon Peter's life. Remember, Jesus said, before all of this was going to happen, all of you are going to betray me. And Simon Peter said, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. And Jesus said, all of you are. He says, I'm not going to. I'll go to prison for you, Jesus. He said, you're all going to deny me. He said, Lord, I'll even die for you. And here he denied the Lord three times. But you know, the next major chapter in Simon Peter's life is the second chapter of Acts. And it says this, And Simon Peter standing with a loud voice and lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. And he goes on to give that tremendous address at Pentecost. 
and 3,000 people were saved. You know why? Because God has a ministry to the backslider. Oh, you might be listening to this message and you're saved, but you are so backslidden, not a single soul, anybody around you would even know that you're a Christian. Maybe you're like Peter, you cuss and swear, and you live carnal and worldly, and your life has no impact for the cause of Jesus Christ. God has a ministry to you. Why don't you right now just find a place to get by yourself and consecrate yourself to God again, rededicate your life to the Lord? I'd love to hear about it. I'm so glad that you tuned in. Make sure that we hear about you so we can rejoice in your decision. Be encouraged, friends, and remember, someone's praying for you. Thank you for listening to today's program. This week, Brother Areza is offering a simple Bible study on God's plan of salvation. To take advantage of this offer, dial 304-873-2225. Or you can write to him at ARM PO Box 301, West Union, West Virginia, 26456. This weekly radio program is listener-supported or is being underwritten by Areza Revival Ministries of West Union, West Virginia. Someone's Praying for You is a Gospel Voice production. Do the clouds around you gather In the midst of the storm Is your ship tossed and battered Are you weary and worn? Don't lose hope Someone's praying for you This very day And peace be still It's already on the way Someone is praying for you Someone is praying for you So when it seems you're alone And your heart would break in two Remember someone is praying for you So when it seems you're alone And your heart would break in two Remember some